G'day everyone and welcome to episode 3 of the Risky Rollers podcast. I'm Dalton and I'm here with Lockie. Hello everybody. And I'm also here with our very very first guest, Charlie from Bali Scenics. Hello, how are we going? Good to have you on Charlie, you've uh, been one of our mates for a while in one of our local clubs and uh, you actually made the scenery in our most recent battle report. Yes I did indeed. It's good to be here, thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, for today's podcast, we're actually going to talk to you a bit about uh, about that scenery, what's involved with making it, uh, and how you think about it, and also uh, something that's, I guess, close or important for all of us, which is uh, playing Ninth Edition with older codices. Um, you, of course, play Elder. Uh, Lockie's got his Tyranids, and I guess I try to make guard work here and there. Um, but before we get into those... Uh, those topics I want to have a quick couple of plugs um, our guest today is Charlie and he's got his commission terrain uh, set up Bali Scenics the link to his Instagram is down in the description and can we contact you through the Instagram yes indeed just uh, through Instagram would be the easiest way to get in touch with me perfect so he'll be linked down in the description below on whatever platform you're listening um, and also make sure to check out Dice Arcade not just Dice but they do all wargaming, board games, and card games you could possibly want. Uh, we've ordered plenty of 40k stuff from them that we're using, uh, including some minis, paints, books, um, as well as we've got some Infinity stuff on the way as well, which yeah, will yeah, 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 be yeah, excellent yeah. to get into on the channel. That's Lockie awesome. and I are super pumped to get into the... Yeah, it's going to be great. Yeah. Um, and also, you can check out our Discord to chat with us about all this upcoming goodness, uh, and chat with Charlie, for that matter. He's uh, pretty active on there as well. And there, all the time. Yeah, I will. I will say quickly that uh, we did have a bit of yep. an error on um, a few of the descriptions. Had an old Discord link that was broken. Now that uh, has yes. been fixed, and he's no longer broken. So if you had that issue, Discord links are all permanent links. Yeah, yeah. So it's permanent now, and it's been a bit of a process to set it up because it's it's quite a lengthy, big, big one. But anyway, it's all working now, so all good. Yep, that's all sorted. Um, so jump onto the Discord and hang out with us. And then if you want to become a patron as well, we've got our Patreon down there uh, with a shiny new, I think it's working, Patreon-exclusive chat in the Discord. Uh, it yes. Is, it is briefing, yes. It's there. Yeah. It's it's not exclusive <laughs> yet, but it's there. <laughs> uh, it's, it's hot. <laughs> we'll get there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. But uh, I think that about wraps up for, for plugs and things. Let's get into it. Um, yeah, so if you've watched our latest battle report, and we highly recommend you do, because it's a, it's a good one. We had a lot of fun. The board we played over was a, uh, a lovely scenic board with all of this uh, grassy, foresty hills and, and trees and things that uh, that you've made. Oh, that's me. Yes, yes. yes. <laughs> I did make it. <laughs> Yeah, so no, it was good. It's, it's fun to make. Hmm. So, w- how did you actually get involved with with making? Because it's not the it's not the standard sort of, you know, JW. You, you buy a kit, you buy one of their expensive terrain kits, and throw some paint at it. You've uh, you've actually made all this from scratch. Yeah. Um. I don't know. I just I, I I like making things. It's kind of my my job in real life is to make things and use my hands. And this is sort of just making small things, but for to play on which makes it look just keeps me interested and keep me um 
active when I'm at home. So change up from painting models and all that sort of stuff. I actually like to create battlegrounds essentially um, to play on. Yeah. Did you um it, it, some, some really <laughs> Sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> we'll cut each other. <laughs> no, um I saw, uh, coming back to what um what Dalton was saying that, you know, the the standard, even like when I started making terrain, it was ruins. And because you kind of just, in my head anyway, it's like that's just kind of like the easiest thing to make, whether you're using like foam core or um, cardboard or whatever. But all your stuff is all, you know, real natural stuff. So is there a specific reason why sort of that as opposed to um, like cityscape stuff that you that you sort of specialise in or enjoy um, doing or, yeah? Well, because my job as being a landscaper uh, yep. in real life... Um, I do enjoy outside sort of grass and scenery and hills and mountains and rivers and that sort of stuff. And I guess that's why I sort of went that direction of building trees and, and, and mountains and, and a waterfall and all that sort of thing. So I think that's what interested me first off. Like, that's why I went that direction. Um, mm. uh, I haven't actually really tried building many ruins yet, um, but I will be getting onto that with my next board, which is going to be an orc sort of base board, um, orc factory. Um, so it'll be a lot more of your conventional um, terrain pieces um, with some other little bits mixed in. Um, but, but from all the videos I've watched, like uh, online and all that sort of stuff, um, they always look really interesting techniques. And I kind of like really interested. I like chucking myself in at the deep end quite <laughs> a lot. Um, yeah. And just going, and just taking that extra step to actually, you know, try and create a thing that looks something, like look, looks really realistic. Um, and I think that's kind of attracted me to the trees as well. Um, yeah yeah i mean, I mean that's, that's, that's it, you've the gone, thing you've gone right into the, like the, the scenic terrain side of things um i mean i take it you've got packets and packets of, of woodland scenic stuff that's uh that's sitting there <laughs> so much um, stuff it's ridiculous <laughs> <laughs> it reminds me of my, of my uh days in the, the model railroading sort of scene um because it's a lot of the same same sort of setup where you're all where you're making all of that natural scenery from scratch yeah, exactly. Yeah, so it's a lot of videos I've watched where a lot of the railroad um, guys who do it, um, and quite a lot of that is you know transferable onto the the gaming board. Um, obviously, yeah. you have to get the scale right. That's that's the one thing that's slightly different. Um, but yeah, no, it all it all sort of yeah, it's quite well, like quite quite good to transfer across to to the tabletop. Yeah, I mean it, it comes across really well, and it's. Uh it's an interesting step away from the uh almost like the heroic style of of Gims Workshop terrain or the it's a very very specific style you you can look at a bit of 40k specific terrain and go that's that's 40k um yeah. it's like the, the the proportions and the um all the stuff they build into it and it's nice to step away from that and go well you've got all this scenic terrain that looks fantastic uh, and it's not just you know the the, the citadel color system slapped over a, yeah. a bit of plastic. <laughs> there, there's depth and there's yeah. texture to it. Yeah, yeah. This is there's a lot of steps to actually creating these these um, terrain pieces rather than just you know getting plastic and sticking it together from a a terrain box set from G Dub. Um, it's a lot more yeah. involved, I guess. Uh, a lot more components to it. So a lot more materials that have to buy and sort of store. So. Um, my hobby room is uh, <laughs> it's pretty intense right now. It's got a lot of things in a lot of places. Um, yeah, so 
I mean, I think it's a good breakup too, right? Like, you know, what you were saying before about the the the, the G Dub standard, or even any other kind of standard of terrain. I guess you know, Infinities is very building modular style. That you, this kind of system that you're doing, or, or the, the 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 terrain that you're making here, it, it's kind of like a a, a change of scenery. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, you know that, especially in 40k, because everything, whether either, whether it be color palettes, everything is just quite, you know, dark or, you know, it's very dr- drab it's and dreary. Dark. Yeah, exactly. You know, so having these kinds of yeah, yeah. Um, nature things, I reckon, really, really breaks it up heaps. And I, I think it was a huge compliment to like our latest bat rep, right? It was because of that. It was a great really board dark, to play on, and the cup. Like, yeah. 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 The armies are very dark was, and monotone, both of them. Yeah, um, and then I, it just it just makes your boards seems it's like and and, and I, even so, like when you see boards that have that even are in a cityscape or whatever, and it's still ruined. It's like stuff still grows, yeah. Like it's not, you know, yeah. the ability to, to mix up boards with like a third of some greenery and finding that way of making yeah. it work. It always seems to make it so much more appealing and lived in and, and real. Um, so yeah, it's, yeah, and you've definitely started with something that's, as you said, a lot harder. You know, it's not the easy thing to make you know, good-looking. <laughs> good you've just skipped all the entry-level stuff. You're like, nah, I'm just running, bro. Like, I'm just, I'm just going yeah. straight, straight, straight to the end. It's good. I love it. It's the way you do it, man. Like, sink yeah. or swim, yeah. Yeah, exactly. You got to, you got to test yourself. Otherwise, it gets monotonous and boring. So, um, yeah, I like trying new techniques and new things, and yeah, I enjoy it. To be fair. Yeah, I mean, and it was a great board to play on um, for a variety of reasons as well. But all the different terrain pieces you've done, they all seem to fit really well with the game and, and the way that Ninth Edition terrain works. And so, perhaps we didn't use two of the best armies for utilizing terrain, given that Ninth is almost of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, but there were loads of, of different elevations and places for models to be. Um, Again, we didn't really utilize it too much, but you know there were mo- bits of terrain that we went. These can be obscuring, and these bits can be dense, and we can we can yeah. um, place other barricades on these bits of terrain and, and use them in all sorts of different ways. Do you tend to think about that and incorporate the way that terrain is going to work in the game when you're building it, or is it more of just a, a fluid process? So, when I started off, it was a bit um, just I'll get this bit down and see what happens, but now. As I'm getting more into it and, and building more terrain pieces, I'm actually I'm thinking about what can we put onto this terrain piece to sort of bring it to the next level. Uh, it can be a, a, it doesn't have to be built into the actual terrain piece. It can be like an external piece that you have. Um, like for instance, my the the waterfall feature um, terrain piece that has a flat, flat platform there, which you can bring in like a temple or you can bring in like a totem or something like that, or anything else. Like yeah, just to bring it to that, that extra level of realism and. Um, and oh, also nice. playability yeah. as well. Um, yeah. And then change also it up, bringing so it's not in the same the same terrain piece. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Um, and also, when building up higher, um, also building in layers so you can actually fit models onto those next levels uh, is something that uh, you know I've been picking up and or sort of adapting to and, and, and sort of evolving to. Um, so it makes pieces more playable and they just look a lot more. Um, they're playable, but also look realistic at the same time. 
Yeah, mm. I, I remember that. We noticed that, eh? That was at one of the club days where we, we had one of your... I think it was one of the first ones that you'd ever made. And it was... It, it, it was, was my first one, yeah. Yeah, it was done in a way where it was to give this kind of... I mean, it's it's radio, right? So we can't see images or anything. But could just think of a hill, but the, the slope of the hill is quite steep. But... It was this, right, so we couldn't tell that couldn't put any models on the side of it; they all fell off. Yeah, or if you did, they kind of they were half falling off or whatever. And it was just one of those things that you know I think we spoke about, and, and you'd already recognised it straight away. Going, you know, yeah. that's good, and that's good. Like that's that's how these kinds of things should be done. It's not just looks; it's also you know, how it works. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And I think I like the variety in a lot of the more recent ones you've done as well, where you there are places that you can't put models because that you can you treat basically treat as impassable terrain and there's places where there's you know nice big flat areas you can put entire units yeah um, exactly yeah and it let, lets you, so have you have that to variety. think about more yeah and it's also you've got to think about your movement as uh, a bit more um, rather than saying oh there's a hill there i can go over it it's pretty easy to move across it whereas this time is you can come around and be like oh i can't get the whole unit up there so it'll be won't be in coherency or whatever um so maybe i can't take that uh, that direction i've got to maybe move around somewhere else to take a different direction to get over that terrain piece and you've got it brings an extra level of like sort of thinking through um your move essentially um which i think yeah. is pretty cool as well oh and i mean that that's i mean ninth is, has got a better relationship with terrain than most of the previous editions uh, in recent memory so but being yep. able to to have that variety and, and be thinking about it when you're building them means that uh you can really enhance the game before you've even sat down to play Exactly. I think I think one of the other good things about it being a bit more, um, you know, quote unquote natural, um, is the fact that you're not as strictly controlled by the terrain rules. For example, like if you build a ruin, Mm. it's a ruin, right? It's literally by their definition of their template, it's a ruin. Where you can build something, anything naturally, like your waterfall thing, right? For example, you could call it like difficult ground. Or whatever. Yeah, right. Well, yeah, that's, what I did, that's what I did. Sorry. There you go. Go on. That's what. Uh, that's what I did with the the bogs. So I built two bogs, and that's actually difficult terrain. It's not like your crater, uh, which is your standard oh, yeah. sort of um, hmm. your bore. I've actually made them into bogs, um, which essentially makes it look like it's a crater, but it's really it's 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 just difficult terrain. Uh, it just looks a bit slightly different than a big explosion site sort of right. thing. Right. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, you could you, you could easily see variety. those being done as as difficult terrain or you know you could call it dense terrain be like oh it's, it's you know a foggy swamp area exactly. or you could um, yeah, exactly. you could you could put up i think i've, I've put some barricades in the box a lot uh, in the last board and you can basically go well this is a you know a bit, bit of a, a wet muddy fortified position like it gives you yeah. that variety yeah. where it's not all right that's a g-dub you know ruins set therefore it has these rules every time you know but i mean it, even it, even it, if it's, it's not g-dub right like even even if it is just right, a, yeah, yeah. a ruined, like a cityscape style of board, I think you just have more, you have more flexibility with like nature style stuff, which, you know, yeah. I think it's just in general, it should always be included in every board as at least one, maybe three pieces of natural. Like it doesn't necessarily have to be green with trees, you know, but just some, unless obviously specifically you're, you're playing like city fight or whatever, um, yeah. But overall, you know, I think it's it's. But having it, it having a bit of landscaping so much more involved play of, play as well. Of, yeah, well, it creates so much more player flexibility, I think. Um, and you know, if you whether you're playing like a tournament or not, or, or you're just playing 
with your friends, especially if you're playing a narrative game, you can go to town with it. Like, it's a lot easier to tell a narrative story through, like, as you say, like, some creepy, foggy bog thing as opposed to, oh, this is just a half-destroyed building. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. This is half-destroyed building number 378. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, I think now that you mentioned the um, the bit where you can put your, like, your on your waterfall piece, you mentioned you've got that that platform you built specifically to put something on it. Um, yeah, I think I remember you showing me because you've got some some Eldar specific um, like buildings and terrain, and you, you showed me yeah, how that you'd, yeah. you'd done it in such a way that most of those could be placed on there to sort of really tie it into your army and, and keep that theme up. Yeah, well, yeah. So also the theme of the board I was, I was building was to be like a Eldar maiden world. Um, so it's supposed to be green. It's supposed to be pretty, and it will be like they're supposed to be like old temples for the old gods and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah. Um, when I built that last piece, it was specifically designed for that sort of um, a space for like a temple or something to go on, onto it. Um, but it can be transfer uh, transferable into another army. Say they've come along like the Necrons, and they can put on there. You've got a, a train piece, which is a, an obelisk. You can put that there, and say they've, I've got they've several taken of them sitting unpainted yeah. in a box here. <laughs> <laughs> we all have piles of shame. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, no, but that's a really cool yeah. touch, and it uh, yeah, it, it helps include include that terrain with the narrative for your army and that sort of thing yeah exactly that's that's that was the plan anyway so um yeah, yeah so the next piece is going to be similar so there's going to be a definite uh, direction of um uh, movement up the piece uh, which i've built into it um so just need to start getting onto it i think um but hopefully i'll be by the time we get out this lockdown, I'll, I'll have it finished. Oh, you mean if we get out of this lockdown, bro? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. True. Um, if you ever, so, get, ever get to play again? Yeah, I know. Jesus, it just feels like it's never ending, isn't it? Um, if was there anything specific when you were kind of going through your video watching stuff, like for anyone that's sort of out there trying to get into it, that you would recommend? That you like, was there any YouTubers or anyone that you've gone? this dude's yeah. or this girl's videos are amazing or whatever so one of the main ones was um geek gaming yeah his stuff is amazing yeah um, so that's wh who that's where i base my waterfall um stuff off that so that's how i build my rocks is one of his techniques and i actually use his uh, his compound um oh the one he actually sells stuff. yeah yeah his one actually sells yeah so i use that it's pretty cool um it dries in like ten minutes. It's workable in like in like fifteen minutes. It's just, it's it's really really good, um, really good stuff. Um, and then the train uh, tutor is another one I I, I watch. Um, oh, I, he he's the kind of the older dude, right? And he he um, yeah. It's it, it's like his early vids is just out of his like garage or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. Um, my girlfriend loves loves him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it, He's, he's he's pretty good. He's pretty laid back. He's like this old dude. He's got his like old smoker's voice. Um, yeah, hard. It's quite funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but he does some good stuff. He did, he did a lot of um, railway stuff. Um, so and then now he just moved mm. into war gaming more recently. Oh right. Yeah. Okay. Um, so yeah, we'll we'll, we'll a big, chuck a big we'll chuck those right in this. Uh... Sorry. Yeah. No. <laughs> As Lockie was saying, we'll chuck we'll chuck those links down in the description. Yeah, sorry, yeah, man. Go, definitely, yeah. go 
<laughs> I was just commenting there's a lot of crossover between the, the model railroads and the um, wargaming sector uh, right in that, that sort of terrain and, and scenic uh, scenic terrain yeah, area. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Um, so yeah, yeah sure. those two are probably my, my biggest inspirations or like biggest people I've watched um, to actually get sort of the, the hang of doing it, uh, of, of especially building trees. Um, those two were the ones I, I watched the most. Um, and then obviously for making the hills and everything that was uh, geek gaming um, and then to do the washes and different levels of washes um, to get that sort of colour uh, depth rather than just having black and grey mm. um, he actually does like uh, a red wash, a yellow wash and a blue wash and then they, it, then you paint it and then it just makes it a bit more realistic I find. Do you, do you um, find yourself it's not all rock. Yeah, do you find yourself looking at like real real and stuff sometimes like if you you kind of have some you know idea in your head of what you want do you do you do you find yourself doing kind of like real world research a bit yeah well kind of, kind of again it, with my job I, I use a lot of rock as well so um, yeah yeah one of my one of my things is dry stone um, walling um, so I use a lot of rock day to day sort of jobs and stuff so I always have a lot of it lying around, <laughs> so yeah, I can right. go into my garden and have a look. Um, yeah, yeah, that's good. Look at the piles of leftover materials and stuff. So, um, yeah, because it's that's, that's inspiration one from from your old stuff. That's definitely one thing. Like when I was in my, my game design days, when you're dealing with artists and stuff like that, you know, you always used to say to them, they're trying to model something, and if it was something that's real, you know, just 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 get it, like, and actually hold yeah. it in your hand and look at it or whatever, you know. And so many people they don't do that, or they just kind of just go. Oh, they they think of something in their head and kind of go it that way, and it's like one of the best things that you can do is just to look at a real world example of it and see how it how it actually works. And and I, I think yeah. nine times out of ten, the people that do that are the people that have a better product at the end, as opposed to the people who don't. Um, yeah, and it's not hard to do, mm. you know. So, so what, what was crazy for me the first time I ever had a stone in my hand. End up sticking it to the, the board, or whatever, and then I end up painting it to look like a stone. Oh I'm yeah, like, <laughs> it's like it seems like it seems really backwards, but um, yeah, you kind of have to when you have to base it and all that sort of stuff. So yeah, it's quite funny. I mean, every mm. single yeah. model that I paint, barring my sisters, all have real rocks on them. Not only because like it's the shapes I think that sells it. Yeah, okay, that you're never going to paint it as good, but you're you're fitting it into something into a desired sort of general look right so you have to paint it but yeah i think it's the cut so you could you could never i mean you could but to sit there and cut styrofoam or whatever with the kind of yeah. those jagged like angles and stuff just use a real and also there's nothing better it's never I gonna mean, look, look that I, random I, real yeah but i also love the old metal models right so I'm going to make these yeah. plastic models feel a bit more weighty. It's the same with terrain. Like, when you pick up something and it's, like, heavy and big, you're like, oh, yes. I don't, I don't know. Just, <laughs> if it's heavier, it feels better. <laughs> Weight is reliability. Is that it. See, it's very old school. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, speaking of old school um, and metal models, um, Charlie, you'd, you'd have uh, quite a bit of experience with metal models. You are playing the Elder these days. I have, I, I have some. Yes, I have some metal models, some metal rangers, sitting there. Um, old, old yes, we have a very outdated yeah. product. Yeah, we've got lots of models who are uh, not really with the times. Let's say a lot of those sculpts are older than I am. A lot of the sculpts are <laughs> yeah. older than I am. 
which is yeah. crazy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, what the, I think the the Banshee kit's like the oldest. No, is it striking? Oh, no, no, they got, got redone. Sc- oh, did it? The yeah, Banshee kit so got redone. Banshee's just new. Jane's are. Yeah. Oh, that's so true. Yeah, I think it's yeah. the, the it's striking scorpions. It's the scorpions, oldest. yeah, is the oldest. Yeah, scorpion. so I've got I've got some metal scorpions, and I've also got some um, fail cast <laughs> scorpions as well. Um, yeah, and the metal the metal pose right was where they couldn't do out of like the the designs were always like knee to elbow, right? It was always like a they had to have like a knee touching an elbow kind of thing to fit with how they yeah. could get <laughs> and they're like leaning to one side yeah and they're like, yeah so they're all very the same the same <laughs> yeah. plane yeah that's yeah, it. yeah. so uh, they've literally they got, got they got a gun with, forward with, a sword so. up that's pretty much it yeah it's, yeah, 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 look, yeah weapons yeah. <laughs> all facing the same direction i imagine it, it looks I mean, like it's 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 people in cosplay like taking a photo at pax right Hey! Right. Like, that's, that's yeah. the yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's there's nothing better than the classic metal look my weapons pose, where they got both arms up in the air, both feet wide on the ground. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yep. uh, and, and that is their metal striking scorpions. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a classic pose. Um, and I mean, they they got a bit better towards the end, where they were end of metal, where they were. Um, Casting different parts that could be glued on in different directions, and they would do them separately. Yeah. So um, there are, um, yeah, there are some uh, plasticish ones, resin ones, I think now, um, but they're still the same pose. Yeah, they they, they um, just uh, well, that was the whole transition to to fine cast was that they didn't make new molds; they just used resin in the old metal machines. Yeah, because because which, which is yeah. one of the reasons that there's so many errors with fail cast minis. Yeah, um, like. The uh, yeah, there's loads of ones with like the, the warp spiders. They still got the old pose, um, but they're now plasto resin. Whatever it is, fail cast, and then the um, dark reapers as well. They're still uh, the same uh, fine cast, terrible pose. Yeah, um, yeah, and 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 rangers, uh, and rangers. They're still the yep. same. They're terrible, <laughs> terrible guns that snap. If you just look at the gun, it snaps. Yeah. Um, <laughs> It's terrible. <laughs> so, so how are you finding them, um, Eldar? I mean, uh, playing an eighth edition codex in ninth edition, and you know, I mean, barring prior to the lockdown, we were we were all playing quite a lot. I mean, we were playing, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, at least one game of TTS and two, well, between one and three games a week, you know, in person. Yeah. Um, yeah. How, how do you find it? Um, it's not as straightforward as playing other armies, that's for sure. Um, you've, I've, what I've learned, because obviously when I started, I was a total noob and I just wanted to run in guns blazing and shoot everything off the board. And It's really not like that with the Ancient Edition Codex uh, in, in 9th. Mm. It's just, um, you've got to play the objective. And with the Elder, they're super squishy. Um, so I try to bring models that are a bit more uh, resistant, I guess, like um, with the, the Wraith Guard, um, sorry, the Wraith Blades, with their four up and vulnerable and you know, strength six, sorry, toughness six. Um, just makes them a bit more um, playable against, say, team like armies like Admech, who just have so many shots. Um, yeah, it's you just got to play a lot more tactically. You've got to play the objective a lot more. Um, yeah. Lots of out of line of sight shooting. Uh, for me, anyway, just because of the really 
low toughness. Uh, and yeah, I guess you've got to play the, the rule of cool sometimes. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. Because the elder aren't really that competitive. Uh, let's, let's, let's be honest now. have got big guns yeah. that just don't fire enough. Um, on a, yeah, on, so a, on, a the, uh... on a general sense. On a general sense. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Look, um, looking but... jealously at their, uh, their dark kin with their uh, <laughs> exactly. three dark lances, or your bright lances are stuck on the old old D6, which always manages to roll that yeah. one or a two. Hey, always. Look, and don't I, worry. And I like rolling ones and twos. El- Eldar yeah. had their time in the sun for 6th and 7th edition, right? Like... Oh, oh, absolutely! Like, <laughs> like they reign supreme for like six years straight or whatever. So I'm pretty sure that uh, the rest of the other factions are yeah. deserving of some love. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the thing the, is, uh, the El- Eldar. Granted, none of us were around seven. for that, though, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was around for that. I, I, oh, you? I was yeah, that sorry. Of course, you were playing yeah. then. Uh, I wasn't. Yeah. yeah, I wasn't very good, hadn't, but I was playing. I hadn't hadn't had my return yet. No. Which I'm happy, very happy for, actually, to be honest. The stories I hear of 6th and 7th edition, <laughs> and it's just like, oh, Jesus. I mean, we're very negative on 8th and 9th a lot of the time, but 6th and 7th was was another level of broken. Yeah, it sounds, sounds horrifically yeah. stupid, the, the things they had in. Yeah. Um, but, um, but yeah, it, it must be challenging yeah. to, to come at 9th with an army that doesn't have the tools... Because you, you you're talking about playing yeah. the mission and playing the objectives, um, and it, it's hard. The to thing play is, that when the army doesn't, it have is. And the thing is, it. everybody else is also playing the objective, and so yeah, you you can play the objective. But the thing is, you've got to then stay on the objective when the other team are they're also playing it as well. So it's it, yeah. There's lots of things you've got to. Um, so the secondaries is where Elder really shine, I guess. Um, hmm. Doing you know uh, uh, retrieve Octarius data. Um, uh, and engage in all fronts. These are like sort of mainstays of my army, uh, just because we can jump around the board. We've got ways of doing it mm. uh, with yeah. the old with the old codex with the um, yeah. But the shining spears they're still great in every edition. Um, mm-hmm. Yep. And the wraith seers um, they they have a newer updated um, uh, data sheet, so that yeah, makes the them quite one quite good. At, uh, earlier in the exactly, year. yeah. Impendium, yeah. Um, so they have D3 plus 3 for their damage, uh, which can uh, D3 yeah. plus 5, which is ridiculous. Uh, with uh, We swap out Smite with Witch Strike. Um, and that's just really good. So that's um, a, that's a, four that's attacks, a psychic power, right? That you cast on a psychic, yourself? Psychic power. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. See, yeah. Um, it, it buffs up the uh, the racist weapon to be whew, very tight. A tank killer. Yeah, it's, it's a tank killer. Yeah, it's crazy. But I mean the yeah. gun as well, right? Like the shoulder gun is nothing to scoff at either, right? It's like a strength. It's the D cannon, right? So it's D three yeah, shot, strength, strength ten, D six damage. Yeah, strength, yeah, strength twelve. Strength twelve. Yeah, I mean like, pfft. yeah, it's ridiculous. It's still that's, and shit take let us say. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you take that with some. Um, oh, what are they called? The, the we spoke about them recently. Oh, the other outer line sight shooting thingos. <clears throat> Oh, the um, is it the the night spinners? Night spinners, oh, there you go. Is, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and them plus your fire and fading dark creepers. Like, mm, I don't know. I mean, what that that you, dude you could in England definitely build a very memey list there. Yeah, I mean, you yeah, can. yeah, totally. Yeah, I mean, at the same time, I I think as you say, it's not an easy army to play because you have to know the book backwards, yeah. right? 
to compete. You do. It's not yeah. one of these yeah. Space Marine, <laughs> Admech, Drakari kind of situations where you could literally play without stratagems and still win. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, there's, yeah, there's I, someone else I, in our I, group who's, who's looking to start um, Dark Eldar and they're sort of going, oh, look, I'm, I'm not sure what to take. And it, it, it's, it's very much, it's very easy then to go, oh, take what you think is cool because it's all good. Um, <laughs> you'll still win like nearly yeah, every game. You'll still win, you'll, you'll still win yeah. the game. Just, just pick cool yeah. units, you, you, you're set. Whereas um, with with Eldar, and it's I mean, it's it's um, been really good seeing you learn how to play it and, and uh, really play it to a to a fantastic level at this point. Um, I, I try to, sometimes. My rolling lets me down ever so often. <laughs> ones and twos. Oh, you I mean, say that right? I don't, I don't understand me, why. <laughs> you roll sixes like flat out. I don't know what it is, but against me, I'm always getting minus three on everything shuriken from you. I mean, against everything else, I'm assuming that like Slanesh has it out for you and has just somehow gotten to your dice because I've never seen you roll well against anyone else. Um, yeah. But, but as far as that goes, yeah. like to the point where you, yeah, as Lockie was saying, you've, you've got to know that book inside and out. Um, you've got to be playing. I mean, you know, I was saying that the night spinners and the race is a bit of a memey list, but you've kind of got to, to make the old yeah, you have to, yeah, of course. Play. I mean, that and and then yeah. souping with Harley's, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, that's... even with Harley's old old codex, they're still competitive. You know, they can still they're still like viable in ninth. Yeah, you mean like mono they got, Harley's? They got lucky in... Yeah, 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 for sure. They've kind of, kind of gone downhill recently with some of the other armies coming out, but. Um... Drakari now kind of just do what Mono Hullies do better, way uh, better. <laughs> but as far as yeah, yeah. But but as far as like eight books that made the transition well, Harley's definitely did, and I think it's partly because they happened to be an entire army built around the movement. tools needed to, to work in ninth, which was movement and durability. Um, yeah, and just and just weird like janky, um, uh, um clutch things they can do and not even necessarily clutch just just weird janky abilities that they have in their toolbox where they can just you know randomly do this or you know oh well when you've done that now now this is happening and you're like what 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 (laughs) (laughs) it's annoying Hmm. but cool and i i I, I like with um sorry you go no no you're right I i was gonna say you've got a similar struggle with uh with running your tyrannies is that you've got a you really have to to run them hard and, r- and run a really competitive list just to have a have a chance of it in ninth. Yeah, pretty much. So, I mean, I've tried every which way possible. I think to to make and there are a few builds like you can run a very warrior heavy heavy build and run that sort of structure, which which can work. But primarily, you're either doing one of two things, and it's Forge world monsters supported by bugs, very heavily relying on your shooting, or it's uh, Gorn Carpet with a few key psychic characters. And they're the, really the main two things that exist for Tyranids competitively. But also, even like on a general level, like, you know, when we play, I still bring my Daimakaran and my Bard here at Hyrajul because if I don't, yep. and if I say I swap them and I take. The Trigon instead of the Dimacaron and a ne- um, uh, Tyrannifex instead of. They're just nowhere near even 
like remotely competing and now at the point where even those forge world model units aren't even that good you know majority of people still find a way to kill them quite easily um and but then at the same time i think you need to sit in the same boat that eldar do when if you have a player that knows the book back to front and relies on the movement that they have because they have some crazy movement like I've played games where I've literally moved my swarm lord to every corner of the board in five turns. Yeah, <laughs> you, you just can. Yeah, um, you know, mm. literally running, um, having an, an entire army shift from from one kind of deployment to the other, where with your your double yeah. moving gene stealers and you using stratagems to move again and 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 um, like overrun and running Kraken and all these kinds of things which Eldar have as well in that sense that you can just pivot and then your whole army is now on a done like a 90 degree shift and is <laughs> at a completely different deployment looking at a different way and to an opponent that doesn't know what they're doing from a, from a ninth objective point of view they're like what? they're like what do I kill now? Yeah. like everything's now just completely shifted and moved yeah you haven't killed anything but it's cool <laughs> Um, <laughs> and again, it's 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 just the problem that I, I think Charlie hit the nail on the head before, where the new armies that are coming out aren't just killy; they've also got that weird, you know, movement jank, or it's like they mm. have some weird tech ability, like a lot of the tech stuff that um, that Admec has, or that Sisters have. That's probably even more techy, really. Um, to just have things happen or deny happening and like you know everyone's taken that whole harlequin treatment and turn it up but then also they can kill you in two seconds or the opposite of that or they're super durable and you can't kill them you know like it's so i mean look it's it's sad to see that um neither of us are going to get our books until the end of next year which is a bit sad but it's yeah, I try and see the positive in that they're, going. They're two really cool armies. I, I I try and see the positive going. Well, that potentially means they're lining up for two really big releases. We all know the Eldar release is going to be massive, and I hope it's broken. I hope they do a bit of a broken thing for a bit, or there's some something about it is cool and unique. Just, and, I just want new different. models. Just new yeah. models. New models would be good. You know. Yeah. New model lane, please, please. Yeah. Come on. And look, new if, aspects. If they've the way they're going regarding their model release and their, their latest codex design, and I'm going to be very specific about what I've just said in those words, um, it, 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 it's good. They're doing some, some good yeah. things and some right things. So I think, I think it's, uh, there's some positivity on the horizon regarding those. It's just we've just got to wait. And, you know, I yeah. think the December book is Gene still a cult, so I do not think it's Nids and... I'd be very look. I'd be very unimpressed if it was in its release because I don't think it needs to be pushed with another book. I think it needs a whole book on its own. We'll see what the yeah. Octarius thing has for us because those synapse rules looked really cool. Um, I hope they yeah, expand yeah. on those a little bit more. I think that's really really awesome. You kind of yeah, we're doing a deep dive mm. into that stuff when that comes out for sure. So um, for Tyranny oh, yeah, fans absolutely. out there, be ready for that. <laughs> And it's, I suppose it, it's something to worth, something it's worth um, making a distinction of as well. That's, that having having a, a thought about, which is that um, as, as the edition does march on and the books come out, um, 
there is a bit of power creep happening and, and you do end up with with better books so, i mean on the one hand hopefully both the eldar and nid books are excellent um but it does it does then raise a bit of a difference then because i mean i tend to play necrons as my main force um and they were the first one to get a ninth edition book and and i'll, I'll stand right here and say it i still like their book it's it's a really solid book um i think it play makes them play really well unfortunately as the edition's gone on we found out it's a bad book it's it's not a good codex um it hasn't held up very well but there's still which is a shame it's a shame yeah i mean look i still think it's a a well-designed internally balanced codex um i think the way everything inside it functions and fits together works really well Uh, and it's still fun to play um which is a, a strength of, of the, I guess, the ninth style of books they're doing. But the main thing I've found is that I can still take that to, to, a, to a game, even against Drakari or Admech or any of the busted ones, and I've got the toolbox there to play the game, uh, which is something that the, the Eldar and the Nids really, and, and other eight, the Codices, don't really have. And, it, and it, it's, it's a difference there that I think is worth pointing out you can have a bad book and still be able to play the game and be active throughout the whole thing. Um, yeah, definitely. I, I mean, the biggest example of yeah. that, right, or the biggest evidence towards that is secondary objectives. Like, having right, an yeah. army-specific secondary objectives, even if they just it came out... so and, much. Oh, massively. If they just came out and had them yeah. all written and just gave them all as an errata to every faction, you would see significant it would, changes. It would be huge... It would be a massive shake-up to, to the way the game was played. A massive change. Yeah, I mean, and... Look, uh, you know, Necrons, I think... I think the Necrons and Space Marine book were tests. You know, they right. were tests to, for the community to see, you know... Did we do the right thing? Then I don't know. Like, I always feel that sometimes GW would just, like, got their hands up going... But Queen OS does, so like you know, whatever. Let's just see what happens, kind of thing. Without you know, right. kind of discussion, <laughs> discussions on previous ones. Like, are these people doing their actual research? Who knows? They probably are, right? Obviously, they they most likely are. But um, I feel like because of the difference in how they came, what was in them indivi- in, internally, and then also how they interacted with each other, that, that these two were the templates that were like, oh, okay, cool. We've just gotten confirmation now that we're doing all the right things. Now let's build upon that, and right, that. which is okay um but as you say also the problem with codexes coming out individually um and i guess sometimes the benefit of codexes coming out individually is you can see certain like the resurgence of certain things so right yeah. i wouldn't be surprised that if certain other armies come out and the, as the addition moves towards more a combat driven msu slash uh, hoard MSU, so like you know, hoarding it with as many units as possible. Yeah. That Necron destroyer lists might become really prevalent, or you know, teching into yeah. combat, and because they do have some really epic stuff in that regard, it just hasn't been good up to this point, right? Right. Yeah. And then when when that starts to shift, and and everyone's got their books, or at least maybe a few more of the bigger bigger factions, um, it will kind of be able to balance out or it won't and I think that'll be the real decider right, whether you yeah. go this was a good or this was a bad book is, but I, mean, is I, I think that comes back around back around to that idea that as as the meta changes and more books come out the Necrons have all the tools sitting there hopefully at least 
but it, do, it does look <laughs> like they do. They have all the tools sitting there to properly play the game as it evolves um, yeah. and to be able to adapt to it. Whereas, but, you know, maybe the older books don't. Um, because even as the meta's changed so far, your needs list hasn't really had to change much because there's nowhere for it, further for it to go. Um, you've sort yeah, of yeah, pushed no, it to... Pretty much. To, I mean, even though I mean, I'm sure that that's... there's small tweaks. That you, I mean, you're always doing making small tweaks and changes and things, but it's diminishing returns at this point. You've kind of pushed it as far as you can. Yeah. With the, I mean, with the I don't book think, that's there. I don't, I don't think I've changed the Swarm Lord, Brood Lord, Neurothrope, and gene stealers and hive guard out of my list at all ever you know they just they just don't they're always the start and that's that about that's yeah, well over, is, yeah. that's well over a thousand points like that yeah you know? yes and that, that doesn't basically change. you're you're fiddling with with peripherals and, and seeing just like the, the little tweaks you can do right on the edge it's not changing yeah. the core of the list it's not changing that core gimmick that your list has or or, or the core idea of how you're playing it there's like and that, Whereas, that's the thing and that's on a, yeah. that's and that's on a general level and you take that to the competitive point and there's really only one build really there's really only one yeah. maybe two yeah. one's the Haridan build and then one's the like double triple Dimakiron Kraken Kronos build yeah. like that's that's it um, you know and I, I do think that Eldar are doing a little bit better uh, or can do a little bit better with how things are changing with um, especially with the influx of Great Knights of Thousand Sons I think Eldar are going to see the a more huge, there, yeah. huge kick up oh, we're going to be a crazy psychic army I think uh, yeah. they're going to have a, comes out. a huge a huge kick up there because because you know like T-Sons are great in their psychic phase which is just horrendously crazy um, Oof, yeah but their shooting's alright and their combat is mediocre you know Eldar's shooting is pretty epic can be anyway roll roll pretty hard yeah. psychic is pretty good yeah. and if you tech if you yeah. tech it the combat can be really decent too you know they they're kind of like a a higher than average you know they're the space marines of the xenos armies whatever <laughs> they kind of can do everything <laughs> sort of thing you know what i mean kind of yeah they can they can um but definitely their shooting's pretty good it's the strength of the guns that they have like some of the guns are just a bit unnecessarily strong they don't need to be that strong nowadays. But you, you say that um, though, right? You say that 8th edition. You look at now with like Death Guard still being a big player. Orcs haven't even come in yet, really. And everything's yeah, T5. Yeah. When everything's strength 6, majority of all the weapons you have are strength 6. Um, and that becomes a really big yeah. deal. It becomes awesome. It's same thing Tau. Tau the same yeah. thing, right? That's exactly the same sort of situation. But I just think uh, that I have no idea what they're going to do with Tau to make Tau work. It's just like I have no idea what they're going to do with Imperial Guard to make them work. But Eldar's pretty easy. Well, not easy, but it's easier because they've already got that really inbuilt, fast-moving adaptation part of their, you know, their army that they have that works perfectly well with Ninth Edition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Excited to see what they do. Um, like I don't want it to be broken. I, I kind of like I've had a little play with the the orcs and they're book isn't like epic or broken it doesn't seem that broken it just seems like a bit of fun mm-hmm. yeah um, i'm kind of hoping that elder is not like the ad mech which has gone over the top um and been so broken i kind of wish it has like some little cool little tricks um still need a bit of um know how how to actually play the game you don't need to just yeah. just put a model down and kill something like instantly um well, i think i, that, I, I think like the gk and t sons books are a good reference of what you're saying 
and they are. Yeah. They fit. Yeah. They fit the fluff a little bit more. They have strong linear power, a certain way based on their faction. They also have like a somewhat learning curve slash memory curve to overcome, um, but they're yep. beatable. They can be horrific yeah. if they if they teched in a certain way, but that's not necessarily always the best option. And that's to me like Death Guards like that. You know, they're good. They're just, yep. in my opinion,s eyes of a well-designed book for 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 a game. So I agree. I, yeah. hope, I hope that yeah. goes that way for sure. Mm. I mean, that, that's always a good thing for a codex to be because you want it to be well balanced against the other books, so you can keep playing games with your mates and having a good time, and not not just showing up and winning because you've got the best book, and therefore it's mm. no fun anymore. Like yeah, yeah. You, you you want it all to, to work work well. You want to have fun playing your army the way it you feel like it should be played uh, in the law. You want to have a, a, a tight close game. Uh, and be able to do it again next week and have something entirely different happen. Yeah. I mean, like, perfect mm. example of exactly that, right, is is I've literally said how many times to our group when we're setting up a TTS game, um, who's playing tonight? And I go, not Adbank. <laughs> unless, <laughs> un- unless... It's unle- just not fun. No, and that's what I mean. Unless we were doing, which we were, we were doing <laughs> tournament prep, and I was like, I said to yeah, a few of the yeah. boys, I'm like... Bring your bring your crazy admec clicks because yeah. I know I'm going to fight it at the build, tournament. Build, so let's let's play it. Build and let's that do nasty admec prep, list right? and let's do it. Exactly. Mm. So you know, and that's that's bad. When that's happening, that's bad, right? Yeah. Um, how, how do you find that, Charlie? Like, if because we were going or going to go to a couple of tournaments and you were going to bring your elder, did you find that you had to tech into Forge World a lot, or did, like, what, was there any differences when approaching a tournament, sort of thing? Um. So I was going to bring a quite a, a fun list anyway, um, just because I'm I'm very uh, aimed towards the wraith units. I I think they look great. Uh, they're, they're some of the more fantastic. modern looking um, units. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wasn't going to go with like infantry and stuff, which is kind of what you bring to a tournament because you want the obsec and all that sort of stuff. So nothing I had was obsec, um, but I was bringing forge world units, which is obviously the wraith seers, and I was bringing two of them because they're that good. Um, and so I, I had a couple, couple of practices, and I was bringing. Uh, I, had, I had a Lynx, which is another Forge World uh, unit, which is a tank. It's uh, it's that really good. So cool. Uh, yeah, it's, it's and then I had fantastic. Hornets as well. Yeah, which is another Forge World uh, models. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so I was bringing half my army was taken up by points from Forge World, just purely because they're the only ones that are really actually good. Um, yeah. but I went more of the Wraith unit just because I, I love the models. Um, I'm a sucker yeah. for the models and, and the, the lore, lore cool. too as well it's yeah. so yeah. awesome yeah um, I mean, oh, and, and I had shadow, are... shadow Spectres as well oh yeah yeah Shadow Spectres oh yes which, they're which is another Forge World yeah, yeah. yeah. paint your bottom yeah <laughs> can you actually field yeah. an entire there's no Forge World troop option is there there's not no yeah but you don't have to bring troops these days but they've got no they've got HQ they've got Ilrith he's an HQ he's, he's Forge Worlds um, who's he's actually actually one of the better um, Phoenix Lords. Um, yeah. He's a bit more usable. But yeah, uh, so you, technically you could. You don't have to bring. You can bring. Uh, you can make it like a like a vanguard or a spearhead or something. I could imagine bringing be... a spearhead, which is um, an HQ, uh, a, a couple of wraith seers, your, your links, bunch of hornets in the in the single fast attack slot because they can squat up in exactly. trees. Yeah, they can. Yeah, that's going to be a pretty solid chunk of points right there. Or, yeah, that is a lot of points, yes. I mean, or you could go full crazy and go Outrider and Spearhead. 
I don't know if you right, get the yeah. points, but it's like two links, six hornets. Because <laughs> you can run <laughs> two, <laughs> two in a squad, shining right? spears. Oh, not your shining, your shining your, um, spears. Shadow spectres. Yeah. Shadow spectres. Yeah. Shadow spectres. Yeah. Yeah. They're elites, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and then you... Yeah, yeah. It's well, annoying that the race is not HQ one. anymore. Yeah. Look, we, we, have, we, we have so many HQ choices, though, that's the thing. Um, I don't think they needed it. Um, and now they're, that they're, they're the one uh, wraith HQ choice, they were you run, it, uh, you run full wraith army at that point. I hate they're trying to make it like the spirit seer is supposed to be um, a wraith uh, um, HQ. HQ, yeah. So he, so, yeah, so that one has the rerolls for wraith units. Oh, that's right. Uh, yeah, not for any other. Right. So that's the whole point of the spirit seer. That was supposed to be the the HQ for wraiths. Ah, uh, okay, yeah. Um, yeah, right. Anyway, but I mean, look, this is the problem. This is this is part of the problem. I mean, I guess, look, I say it's a problem, but at least there's a solution. Where like you and I are in the same boat, you know. I have to take three to four Forgeworld models to compete in a tournament yeah. at minimum. The same thing. Well, not even literally compete in a tournament. Just to just to keep up on a on a, our casual games that we're playing. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, yeah, to keep and up that's, with and the that's just exacerbated. The, the Dark Eldar and, and, and the, uh, the, sorry, the yeah. At, Dark exactly, and it's just and it's just made even worse if when you do go to tournament. Um, yeah, because and yeah, and look, it is what it is. It's fine. Look, know. that tournament's going to come around, and there's going to be no Forge World units allowed, and then we are really um, <laughs> up shit creek. <laughs> yeah. Well, at least. we have missed a few tournaments because of good old Rona. She's uh, old Rona. Uh, yes. Helped out a lot with that one. <laughs> oh yes. <laughs> So we missed we missed a tournament that would have happened uh, two weeks ago, which is called Winter Wipeout in yep. Geelong. All the, all of these yep. tournaments are in Geelong, mind you. <laughs> um, yeah. That that was shattering because that was one of the um, the one that we were all going to go to as a as a group, and it was yep. that we'd all been prepping yeah, for for great. like two months and months. you know playing, and was, playing the same list over and over again uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah we did it all proper and everything and then the latest lockdowns hit and, and they look they cancelled it and understandably they didn't postpone it they just full canned it we get that I totally understand that yeah. there's a lot goes into them can't hold it against them I mean that. given given that the lockdown did then happen I think it was the right choice because otherwise it yeah. wouldn't have happened anyway yeah of course um, but it's still um, still shattering to, to not be able to go. Yeah, yeah and we had plan we had plans to you know document it and 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 be there and, and and whatever. And now at the same time, also we we were planning to go to the normal blokes GT up in Queensland, yep. and which is that's also being also being in a week and a half. So yeah, it'll, I, think it'll, I think it'll be a week after this comes out. Yeah, so our lockdown here finishes on the twenty third. Um, well. In quotation at the moment marks, it does finish, finishes yeah at the moment it, well, it does, does yes but yeah. it won't um and that tournament i think was on the 20th or the 21st or something um no it's the, the and again, 18th and 19th i think there you go 18th and 19th and we'd yeah. spoken to them and and it was really because they do a really good uh podcast if you guys haven't heard of it they do before, I, uh, head, over there, head over there and check it out they 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 cover their more com- more competitive well entirely competitive stuff and they're all seasoned competitive players and they're all seem like really yep. nice blokes um, there, there, there's some we, pretty major know, names in the Australian scene over there yeah 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 Queensland's quite a um, quite a big hub for it seems yeah um, so that was also really shattering because again Dalton and myself had had plans to 
do some some promo stuff with with them and 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 you know yep. basically create a create a show and, and an episode really about that tournament and what the boys are doing up there and and all that sort of stuff so again thanks rona yeah um <laughs> and then a few of the guys a few of the guys from the club are going to this one in october this law-abiding citizen I think they were talking about it. There's a um, yeah, so there's a tournament uh, in October in Geelong, um, law-abiding citizens. Uh, oh, sorry, I think I think it's target acquired. Um, that's running. the TO, yeah. That's the that's yeah, the, yeah. So it's, yeah. it's a target acquired yeah, running, it is, it, yeah. uh, and it's forty k yeah. law-abiding citizens, um, which is more of a comp tournament. And I think you had a few things to say about that uh, about that, Lockie. <laughs> I just I don't, I don't I don't get it. I don't get it. Look, I mean, look. So basically, everyone, Lockie hates everyone people having it. fun. And, no, uh, it's, not, <laughs> oh, it's so not that. Okay, look. Sometimes, but it it depends. Like, I, I have very specific thoughts about things like gotchas, about things like um, prior knowledge, all those kinds of things. I'm a pretty competitive person, and you know, I get that obviously people want to go for fun and whatever. Um, but, you know, calling a tournament a tournament is competitive. There's a winner. They win prizes. You know, you don't, you don't, yeah. you don't go to make friends. Yeah. Like, I mean, you do, you do. And I mean, you, should, you do. But... It should be fun. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, like when it's, it's like you, you don't, if you're a tennis player, you're not telling the tennis player where you're doing, like where your next shot's going to go or you cut the coaches aren't like having a bet on who's like telling each other their strategies like so why should it happen on our side it's the same thing with restrictions you know like with com tournaments saying that you know you have to have a certain type of unit in your army or you you where we're only restricting like this one is to um one player per faction per sub faction i just don't right understand. so just very quickly um very quickly just to, to give a bit of context here the, it's a tournament out in Geelong. Um, is it part of the circuit, or is it just oh, separate from that? No, I it's it separate. Is. I think. I think no, it's, no, an, it's, it's an independent one, uh, and basically, yeah. um, as people sign up, um, they tell they, they tell them which faction they're going to be playing, and there are, or which sub faction, um, and there's only going to be one allowed of each, so one ultramarines, one Ulthway etc yeah so like yeah um, like one one behe- one high fleet behemoth one kraken whatever ex- exactly yeah um and then there's uh more restrictions on you can only bring things from that same um same sub faction you can't be souping um i mean and then there's look, extra changes there are, and bits and pieces and restrictions yeah. on, on what you can and can't bring um i mean like there are and i've heard this for a while now with a few other tournaments and it, look to be honest, from a lot of the other competitive podcast stuff that I listen to and stuff, it's it's very very common in Victoria to do that, and has been for a very long time apparently, and yep. which is fine. It's like again, it's enjoyment. But when you want to be treated as a as a competition, like you want to be ranked, you, you want to say I won this tournament. If you say oh, I won this tournament, or what'd you do? Oh, I was a comp one where I was restricted and and I had to take certain units. You're like, well, that's. You're not really. You've got no bragging rights over saying you're better than someone else, in my opinion, anyway, because you're not taking the best of what you can. There's, there's too many limitations on models. Therefore, it's not a true test of the general. That's what I think personally, because list building is a key component of 
the game and you know building for who you're playing with and and knowing everyone's armies and all that sort of stuff so look, right yeah i'll just leave it i there. mean like <laughs> from a more serious point rather than just having to go at lucky um you do have a point there which is that um a tournament as, as a competitive event if you're trying to sell it as a warhammer 40k tournament and you're changing the core set of rules that makes up like the basic warhammer 40k then you're kind of changing the game as a whole uh, and i mean like, the the event itself like I've, I've been to to events um and little like you know casual in-house uh tourneys like i went to one down or was going to one down at the local gw um a while or a couple of years back now where they had a i don't think they called it a tournament it was just an event they were running where all right come along with a 40k army but you're, you're not a it's not a rule of three it's a rule of one you can only bring one of each each unit and you've got mm. to do this and that and it was great fun but it wasn't it wasn't a competitive thing um, and, and i everyone think that's, went into that's it going let's go yeah. along and have fun and do something a bit different and play with some different units but it wasn't we, we didn't go into it going this is this is a tournament where we're all we're going there to play against each other and determine who's the better general uh, yeah and I think, I think that's that, the that's distinction so is they need to they need to stop calling these things tournaments, or they need to stop calling them ranked, or they need they just need a different title for them. There needs to be a an additional title where it's a. I don't know, maybe just call it competition. I don't I don't know. I actually don't like it. I don't have a solution for it. I'm being that kind of person going complaining about something without giving a solution, but which isn't good. But I just think yeah, when when you're dealing with money, you know when you can win stuff dealing with rankings that's you know globally recognized if it's icc or wtc or whatever you know it there has to be a level playing field it just has to be and and f my personal opinion is that if 40k wants to be taken serious like a lot of people want it to in the eyes of say like esports or those kinds of things there needs to be a unanimous kind of understanding regarding that stuff so that these kind of comp things aren't referred to as tournaments and that there is a much more stricter rule of control regarding you know, essentially right. like a governing body, like the ITC and all those other sort of things, but that trickles down and is a bit more specific. That's all. Yeah. So yeah, the um, I suppose the one last thing that I'll bring up uh, before the end of the podcast is a is an issue I raised in the first one, and um, it's a core central issue to our the, the central issue of forty k in our time. Hundred percent. Which, which is of course laser animations in, <laughs> on Warhammer TV <laughs> yeah now this, by the time this podcast comes out the second and third episodes of Angels of Death will have come out and this isn't an Angels of Death review that's not what we're doing here but, mind uh, you we I've wouldn't have watched the third episode we haven't seen the third episode but it will be out by the time episode. this podcast does yeah, come out like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but in the second one uh, we get to see some las guns in action and a multi-laser which is pretty cool which was now, really cool actually that was, that was one thing it was, it was yeah um, and, how'd you feel and about so did I that they were they were <laughs> epic um, las guns looked amazing they, they were red like dawn of war they were a lovely nice unbroken beam uh, they looked like lasers reflecting off uh, atmospheric dust and particles and stuff flashing across the battlefield it was fantastic the multi-laser mm. which has laser entirely spelled out in the name looked like multiple lasers being fired in quick succession beautiful gorgeous now but it, but it was the white. problem with that 
It was white, yeah. Yeah, I mean, again, the color of color of light depends I on um, on the frequency, which is not necessarily relevant to to anything at this point. It, it, it's it's a different color laser. Whoop de do. So it would make sense that um, actually because it's bigger or whatever, it would be different. Like right, you know, potentially. It, is that? I it, mean, that's a question. That's you, not a statement. You could you could probably <laughs> make an argument. You, you could make an argument either way. Um, okay. I'm more than happy to sit on the argument and say, yeah, you know what? It's a okay. it, it's a bigger weapon. It's collimated in a different manner, um, and it's you know it's a multi laser. It's white because you're combining multiple different frequencies of laser to do it. Sure, why not? Okay, all right. Um, I like that. Right. So, so Charlie, to to fill you in on on what this was in yep. in old Bayley and Hammer and Bolter, um, there's a bunch of animations of of les guns because there's a whole bunch about the guard and Yarrick. Yep. and and they they made them fire in in like, like Star Wars lasers. packets <laughs> like Star Wars blasters yeah yeah, yeah the Star Wars um, blasters yeah um, in in little short bursts where you can see a projectile traveling essentially yeah it's like a bullet um, right yeah now lasers are a, a light that's what they are. And so they should appear as a single unbroken beam across the entire span of, of its its path all in, in one instant because we're not going to perceive it anywhere near the speed of light. Indeed. Um, yes. That makes sense. So one of, one of my biggest peeves is in a lot of recent animations, including, I don't think I mentioned it last time, but including the fan animation Guardsmen, um, they appear like yeah. Star Wars blasters, which, which are canonically in Star Wars plasma weapons. Just to clear that up, they're not lasers. They're, okay. they're, they're firing plasma. So this, um, this this was this was so, really last episode real bar hurt, and I get it. I, it yeah. makes sense. So uh, <laughs> keep going. Right. So anyway, so in Hammer and Bolter, they got this wrong, and they got it wrong in um, Dark Tide. New trailers for that, uh, and also in the Kill Team animation, they had them fire like like Star Wars blasters, and it, and it really ticked me off because everything else about those was fantastic. Right. Now in a- Angels of Death, they nailed it. The laser guns look perfect. The multi laser looks amazing, um, and they fire like lasers. The problem with that is that it means that someone in the Warhammer TV or StoryForge team somewhere there knows that that's the way lasers should look. Knows what they're doing, basically. And right. For- <laughs> they're not telling anybody yeah. else. And, <laughs> and for whatever reason. <laughs> That little bit of information, again, they got it right in Dawn of War years ago. When I mean, yeah. presumably that was Relic and whoever they had animating that doing that. But still, some somewhere there's someone. In fact, there's an entire animation team that knows the way lasers should look. And for whatever reason, that just didn't filter down to everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, and I don't understand think, why. I, I okay. I, two things to count not, not not to counter at all but the first one is I know why it's not like that in Dark Tide because it's a video game and video games need to f- yeah. reflect functionality right yeah because if they do something yeah. in, in their cinematic and it's not like that in the gameplay gamers will lose their lose their minds yeah because of yeah. Like, it doesn't excuse them using a les gun <laughs> no I mean true, it doesn't excuse still, it it I just mean, means they should have used a different weapon skin Fine. Of, they should exactly. have skinned the weapon the like a plasma there. gun or like a stubber or something. But yes, yeah, and that then, makes sense. And then the other issue is that 
we know for a fact because GW has said that they there no one on their team did the kill team animation. That was done by an external animation right. team. So that's right. why is because it's probably just they've gone. This is what we want. Here's the media. Here's the resources. We want something back in nine months. But but it means there's no there's no central art document that goes. This is no. the way a lasgun looks and functions in an animation. This is the way probably. a bolter looks and functions in an animation. Well, you're seeing a recurring theme here, right? No one's there's no one proofreading stuff. Yeah, just like in right, codexes, yeah. how there's how there's <laughs> grammar errors. Yeah, it's like they don't have an, they don't employ an editor. They obviously don't employ some like head of art person to like look over this stuff before it goes to release. So you know that's just right. how GW. Maybe that's that's the thing they go look. We've come I mean, that, so that could far be it. now. That we've done be, this yeah. for thirty five years. We've just got to keep it going because if we did, if we changed yeah. it, people would be like, what what's happened? <laughs> if we turned around and started actually talking within between departments and getting things consistent, right? making sense. um like we yeah like we said it's still look it's amazing hey i mean i'll tell you what tell you tell you what animation other animation got it correct astartes the um there's nothing bad about that oh no no, they got they got the the las guns and stuff brilliantly the um dude's a legend he is yeah yes so in you know, f- f- fans can get it right, but but GW can't can't send out a memo saying, "Look, las guns, they're lasers, guys. Let's do this. Come yeah. on." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, there are plasma guns in 40k. We have those. Those yeah. are a thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> How are they going to animate them next to las guns? <laughs> Look, I doubt when they made it that they ever thought it was going to get this big, where they actually had to, you know be mindful of these kinds of things but you be know, mindful of science I mean, look, let, let, <laughs> at the end they, of the they day they didn't think one one guy on an Aussie on an Aussie podcast would pick him up <laughs> yeah. <laughs> grievous yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. indeed yeah and we're not gonna we're not gonna get into the look I think we actually might do a a full season review of, of Angels of Death oh, I'm gonna tell you there's right no now. might about it. So I think we, I think we'll definitely, yeah, definitely do a, a full, a full season review and discussion about it. And there's going to be some some very angry comments from me. I'll tell you right now already. <laughs> <laughs> some things we're not happy about at all, and it's actually got nothing to do with like their story or their dialogue or anything. It's literally just a technical thing. It's just like, ugh. but anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll save that for another day. Right, yeah. <laughs> I think that's about it, isn't it? Yeah, I think that uh, that pretty much wraps us up for today. Um, Charlie, thank you so much for, for coming on and being being our, our first guest well, on the podcast. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's been um, fun. Thanks for having me. First, first of many, we hope, and we definitely hope to, to have you back again. Uh, we'll be back Well, we'll sure. have, you, have you on the channel too. Bring my, oh, absolutely. Bring my Eldar or bring my orcs. Who knows? Bring them both. I, I definitely want to get those uh, races on the table. Yes, I'm done. Yep. Um, I do love them. And They're the green babies. tide for sure. <laughs> oh, yeah, don't yeah, forget absolutely. to, um, yeah, anyone, if you guys want to check out Charlie's stuff, check the link in the description and reach out to him on Instagram. Say what's up. Buy his terrain. Don't buy his terrain. Whatever. I'm a nice person. Um, <laughs> yeah, just say what's up. Talk Eldar, yeah. I'm sure. 
jump on the Discord. You can find us all there. Come play TTS with us. You know, the works. We're pretty approachable, just laid back Aussie yeah. dudes that get pretty um, obsessed and passionate <laughs> about yeah. 40k and lasers. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so thank you for listening uh, wherever you, wherever it is. Um, if you if you listen to us on YouTube, like and and drop a comment and, and chat to us there. Um, if you're listening to review, us on one of review review that stuff, give us the five stars or the four, whatever. But oh, yeah. the five would be great. Apparently, yeah, the it five does would be help. fantastic. It does help. It, does it help um, well. it really does. Yeah. So thank you guys for for listening, and uh, we hope to to have you all listening again next week for episode four. Yeah. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye. See ya.